You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. All right, welcome back to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. And we are super excited to have Free Argot Singer, aka Betty Rocker, back on to tell the rest of her story and to really elaborate and go deep into the strategies that she's using right now to get these amazing results that we talked about in the last episode. Now, pause your player right now. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, you've got to go back to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're at listening to this and listen to the previous episode because we really set the premise and tell the story of Bree's situation. So if you haven't done that, do that now. Okay. Otherwise, what we're going to talk about today is specifically how she used this amazing blog post amplification, how she's able to get literally nine cent clicks to website, how she's able to get sales coming in every single day, 237, was it 217 or 237 sales, Ralph? 277, I think. Oh, 277. 277 (laughs) sales in the last 28 days from her Facebook ads. That's spending like about, you know, less than $200 a day on her entire ads. So we're going to talk about how exactly she is able to do that, but not only be getting these sales, but massively building her audience, getting 2000 fans every single week and really continuing to build value and get her audience to love her even more while selling at the same time. That's what we're always trying to accomplish here. And we're going to tell you how exactly how she's doing that and her plan for the next six weeks, what she's implementing right now. Super excited about that. So once again, Bree, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, what's up guys? So we got Ralph, Molly, Bree, and Keith here on today again. And first of all, before we get into that, we were just talking before we hit record, you know, we, you were kind of talking about some of the frustrations that you had at the beginning of, of running Facebook ads and or about to run Facebook ads. Talk to me a little bit more about that and how you kind of were able to overcome that stuff. It was almost like I had to learn a new language. Molly made a comment on the last episode about how Facebook, the platform has changed and how it's become more intuitive. And I remember when she said that in my mind, I was like, what? It's not intuitive at all. <laughs> like, You're like, no, no way. No way. Sure like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and for someone new to it, because I'd never done any Facebook ads, any ads at all before this. So coming into Facebook, I remember the whole setup of it was weird. And like how it's so weird how there's like the audience insights side and then there's power editor and there's all these things that like don't, there's all these little tricks and stuff that I, I mean, once you learn them once, it's like learning an app. It's like learning anything. Once you've done them a couple of times, it becomes easier and easier. But for me, it was a really big learning curve. It actually reminds me of when I first started to learn how to fly airplanes and I would listen to the air traffic controllers coming across the radio and it sounded like a foreign language. It was so frustrating. I I didn't think I'd ever be able to learn how to talk back to them. And then next thing you know, you know, five or six flights in, it started to turn from a foreign language to more like English. And I feel like you were able to overcome kind of the the same thing. At first, it was so frustrating. And and Ralph and I, we struggle with this. How do we relay this message to our students and to our coaching clients? And you did such a good job of just continuing to excel. And and I love it. And that's why we love working with you. So, So tell me, what other frustrations or challenges that you that you kind of had to overcome? I remember Ralph and I had a really difficult conversation one day where I was like, Ralph, just stop all this helpful stuff and just like help me make money right now. Like what, what's, what's the one thing we can focus on right now to help me make some money right now? Because I'm actually really strapped. And like you guys remember, like I was really in that sort of roller coaster of 
I'd be up, then I'd be down. And like, I was trying desperately to pull together a strategy that would, you know, solve my frustration of constantly, you know, being in that wheel of not, not ever having security and like having regular income coming in. I don't know. I know from a lot of my friends in the industry, this is a pain point a lot of us have struggled with, like trying to find that consistency, right? I remember one day I almost threw the computer across the room. I was so frustrated. <laughs> I was just like, damn it. Why can't I figure this stuff out? Wow. It's so amazing to sit here and reflect back on all the challenges and the frustrations that you had to to overcome and to see where you're at right now and all the success that you're having. So like, what did you do to overcome all these challenges? Well, you know, um, it was just crazy. I, I guess that the number one thing was just not giving up, you know, just feeling like I could do it and looking ahead to the success that I wanted to have. If you're listening right now, you might be able to relate to that in DM Engage and their private group and in Facebook Ads University. If you feel like there's a question that you have, like if I said something in a post or Ralph answered something or we said something and you're like, what the heck is a WCA? Like, huh? <laughs> if, if you don't know what something is, don't feel like that's a stupid question to ask because I guarantee somebody else doesn't know either. Yeah. And that's something that's really important in general. I mean, I know like in my own membership community, I'll be talking about stuff that's because I've been doing this stuff for so long with health and fitness and, and understanding nutrition and, and those kinds of things. And people come in who are new to it. I never get tired of going over the basics with them. And I have to remember that you guys are the exact same way. You know, like you're really there for me to help me learn the, the language as well as learn the implementation. You know, but the, that was the, you know, that was my pain point in the beginning. The lesson here basically is that she didn't give up. So I always tell people this, even if you don't have the budget to start running campaigns yet, get into the power editor, get into the ads manager, run a $5 a day light campaign or submit some campaigns and then pause them so your credit card doesn't get charged or maybe your funnel is not ready yet. You got to get in there. It's the repetition of creating ads that makes the trainings make more sense. I, I say the same thing with video. If you want to get, if you want your videos to be good, you got to record 20 videos, okay? Even if you don't publish them. I got to say too, like you were always putting out helpful case studies or helpful like examples of people who are doing a good job. And I was like, damn, if I just stay on course with this, I know I'm going to be successful. So, you know, that was really helpful, like having that kind of like look ahead point, like that horizon to look forward to, to know that I could do it. And it was the other people like me had done it before me and I, I knew I could do it. Just was struggle. <laughs> so what Bree is referring to is Facebook Ads University, which is part of dominatewebmedia.com, where we do live trainings every couple of weeks and we have a private community where people can get their questions answered by Ralph and me and other people running successful Facebook ad campaigns. And if you go to dominatewebmedia.com forward slash checklist, you can actually download our free nine-step Facebook ad campaign checklist. And by doing that, you can take advantage of a special promotion where you can get right into our Facebook fast start system and also take a test drive into Facebook ads university. So you can see for yourself exactly what Bree is talking about. So in the last episode, we talked about the first three things we did and more importantly, that Brie did, okay? And we talked about how important it is that you know your audience and you can't just have necessarily somebody else, you know, just go do it for you. If you're going to hire somebody to, to do it for you, you've got to be very intimately involved, okay? Because you know your audience better than anybody. So with Brie, we initially, we started our, our target audience research. We started building out that spreadsheet. Um, then she already had a great lead magnet and she created a video to drive Facebook ads into that lead magnet that started running, starting doing well, and it's still running today. The next thing we, we said, Brie, 
Can you create a piece of content that is ungated? So it's a blog post. This can be a video. This can be an article where somebody can consume. You can create value that we can drive Facebook traffic into that. And then we can add, you can add calls to action throughout that page. You can use Facebook retargeting, uh, YouTube retargeting that she's going to be doing fairly soon too. Uh, those types of things to, to bring them deeper into your funnel. So what exactly did we, what was our assignment for you? Like, what did yeah. we tell you to do? <laughs> yeah, you gave me, you kind of challenged me. It was cool. So I was like, okay, you guys, you gave me this really great, you gave me, actually the reason it became so good is because you gave me the right cue. You were like, imagine you were making a new killer lead magnet for your, for your audience, for one of these specific subjects. What would it be? And let's make that a blog post so people don't actually have to sign up. So it's ungated. And ironically, I was dealing with another frustration at the time, which I haven't even told you about yet. Um, I had these guys at the time who were telling me, you need to make six different lead magnets for all of your different subjects. And then, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I, and, and, and it was right at that same time that you guys were like, what if you make something that's like a lead magnet, but you actually make it a blog post? And that was like, it was like a light bulb. I was like, this is the advice I want to take because I can create a killer blog post that I want every, I want people to benefit from this. I don't want them to have to sign up. And plus, like, if you read this killer blog post, you're going to automatically just want to buy the, um, the awesome specific books that I have for sale that are teaching you how to implement this content. And that is what I, that's the list I want to build anyway. I don't just want to build a whole list of people who are like maybe interested in getting some free thing all the time. I want people who really are customers too. And at the same time, I, at this point in my stage of understanding of Facebook, I knew I could build a great custom audience with this targeted blog post. So I felt like it was a win-win. I loved this strategy so much. When you produce a piece of content that's epic, really helpful, useful, it's helpful, not full of hype. Help, not hype, right? Isn't that what Jay Bear says? And you create it so that the logical end result is they take another action because you've convinced them that you know what you're talking about. You convince them that they do need what it is that you have through your writing. And the next logical step is for them to buy. But the biggest thing with a blog post is that they're actually consuming it. Most of the time when people download or opt in for a, for a lead magnet, they don't consume it 50% of the time. Isn't that what Frank Kern says? So they're consuming it. They're on the page. They're seeing the content right then and there. Yeah. What's interesting too, um, when we do create our lead magnets, a lot of times we take our best blog post, our best performing blog post, and those actually become our lead magnets. So yeah. Bree's talking about, you know, creating these blog posts. It's funny because, you know, the blog posts that get the most traction that people really comment and share, you know, that's when we know that, uh, that they're really interested and that they actually consumed it. Uh, so like he said that, or, or Ralph, that is, that's the most important part. If they don't consume the the free content, they're never going to buy because they'll never make it to the call to action, right? True, true. So even if you are driving traffic to a lead magnet and you're thinking, oh, look at all these email addresses that I'm getting. This is great. This is great. Well, think in the back of your head, probably half of those people never even consumed your lead magnet. So it might be a misleading indicator that you're doing really well. 
Yeah, to talk a little bit, you know, about the the process and why at Digital Marketer we really started sending most of our cold traffic to to the blog posts, like we talked about um, in the first few episodes here um, of the podcast. Uh, but the reason for that is we know that you know segmentation. That's something that you definitely need to do. You need to figure out within your business, you know, what what are the different segments. And I know Bree's going to explain how she figured that out in her business. Uh, but for digital marketer, for example, um, you know, we're not just teaching digital marketing as a whole, right? There are lots of little markets within our, our broader market. Uh, we ran a lead magnet called the digital marketing toolbox, and we still use it, um, you know, for on-site retargeting. But we found that when we were going out to cold traffic with the digital marketing toolbox, it was too broad, right? It was too general. It didn't solve a specific problem or, or hit a specific pain point. So when we started splitting our entire business into little segments, such as blogging or social media or Facebook advertising, uh, you know, funnels, customer value optimization. We started to see much better results with paid traffic because we were speaking to something very specific. So, you know, starting to run more traffic to the blog, we realized we could build website custom audiences. So, you know, on Facebook, you can say, I want everyone who has hit my website, uh, but not only, you know, who has visited digitalmarketer.com. I want, uh, you know, everyone who has visited a URL that has the word blog in it. So we know that all of our blog posts about blogging have the word blog in the URL. So by sending traffic to the site and, you know, people sort of hopping around the blog posts and, and self-selecting based off of interest, we were able to build these audiences within Facebook, these specific website custom audiences. And then we use retargeting um, to say, okay, you know, this group of people, they, they have hit a blog post about blogging we're going to retarget them with a specific lead magnet or a specific offer um, that we know will really, really relate. Um, and we've actually found that through the process, we're, we're spending the same amount of money, but the average customer value is much higher. You know, once we do ask them to buy, even if it's just a $7 offer, we're seeing, you know, um, you know, a much higher conversion rate on that sales page because these people aren't just interested in digital marketing. They're interested in something very, very specific that we've already talked to them about on the blog and, and established trust with them there. Okay, so now what I want to do is get into your specifics. We told her to create a blog post that is something that you could use as a lead magnet. Now, she did the rest. But, but yeah, but I chose the blog post to write specifically because we had done that awesome interest targeting. I wanted to write a few specific killer blog posts like this for the different real interests that I have in my business. And I don't know if I've talked about this at all yet, but basically Betty Rocker as a brand, is a, it's a lifestyle brand, but it's a healthy lifestyle, right? Like my tagline is um, food and fitness adventures and a healthy lifestyle of awesome. And that's kind of like the, the key concepts are like eating and working out. So we've also got motivation, but if I could come up with a couple really great blog posts around eating and working out to start with, that was my, those were my two main focuses for the blog. So the first one that I did was around food, like a, basically like a how to, what did I call it? I think it's called five step food prep and recipes guide for a lean, sexy body. And that's because a lot of the products I sell are actually food prep and meal planning guides. They're basically how to eat healthy and enjoy life. 
the right way. So that's what I really wanted to make the first, that's my focus was I really wanted to focus that first blog post around a really useful piece of content. So people could really see like the process, the breakdown of exactly how this would all come together and in a fun and meaningful way that would also really like show my character and also like show who I am for some of the newer people, people who have maybe never heard of me. Maybe this is the first thing that they've ever read. So I was speaking to that audience as well as people who already know me and just giving them enormous value. I think one of the things, one of the key things I said in that blog post, along with all the massively awesome content was that I think preparing your own food and caring about what you put in your body is one of the highest acts of self-love that there is. And I, I speak that language to people quite a bit in my writings, but I really wanted that kind of element to be a, a focus of this type of piece because I, I wanted people to know why they were there. And you were establishing a much deeper relationship with them than just, you know, fitness and eating well. And that's so important. You know, that's where you're sending a lot of cold traffic, people that don't know you to this blog post. So Bree's really indoctrinating them into her brand and what's important to her and speaking to a deeper part of this person than just the surface level. I could go to any blog and get fitness tips, but why should I, you know, listen to Betty Rocker? Because it's deeper than that. So I think that's important. I wanted to make this piece sort of almost like a multimedia piece so that there would be things they could consume in different ways in the post. Um, so it, because it's a five-step food prep and recipes guide post, and, and this is kind of actually a fun sort of metaphor. You could think of writing your blog post, think of the recipe that you put together to put your blog post together. I mean, just on a bigger level. So I included elements like like lists, like checklists, right? So these are the things that I'm thinking about buying when I go to the store. That's important, right? And give people the insight into that. Here are all the recipes I'm going to be making this week. And I included a few brand new recipes in that post for like extra value content. And some of the, the recipes I was making that week were actually links to other blog posts on my site. So I was just like, here's more resources for you. So you could actually use this little plan I'm giving you right here in this blog post right now for the week. This is totally here for you. And then I also, at the end of the post, included three sample days of how I would eat exactly what foods I would eat, what meals I would eat. I put that in there. Now I didn't give a full week because I sell a seven day guide, you know, with that includes that information, but I gave really great value that wasn't trying to hold back at all. That's so important guys too. You know, when she's in the blog post, she's giving a little piece of what she's then going to sell them. So it's such a natural move, right? It's a very relationship like move. Okay. You know, I consumed a little piece of this and I liked it. I'm willing to uh, to go to the next step. So that's probably the most important part about the piece of content. The biggest mistake that I see people make is like, oh, cool, we'll just take a blog post we've already written or already have, or we'll quickly create a 500 word or 600 word article and then we'll amplify that and then we'll retarget people back into our funnel. That doesn't work. Okay, if you want to add like once in a while a five or 600 word article in addition to whatever you're doing just to amplify different content, go ahead. No big deal. I do that sometimes at all. Just, I do it. I started yeah, doing it. Totally too, yeah. do it. But like take some time to do at least one or two anchor pieces of content. I said I made this blog post a mixed media blog post. Well, I wasn't just talking about the content I put into it. I also added a video. And this video isn't a sales video. It's really just a video that gives credibility and shows the origin of how far I've come in my own personal journey and why this stuff is so cool. Because I used to shop at Whole Foods and talk to them. I still do. I talk to the employees constantly about the food, where it comes from, what they like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I made friends with this one woman at Specialty Foods. And um, sure enough, almost six to eight, I don't remember how long it was. It was like a year. So 
Whole Foods calls me and they're like, hey, Betty Rocker. And I really just barely had the blog started at this point. They're like, this employee of ours lost 50 pounds in the last year. And when we asked her what she attributed her amazing success story to, she said Betty Rocker and reading her blog and talking to her and like learning from her. And I was like, oh my God. And they were like, would you come in and teach some cooking classes in the store? Of course I did. And that's kind of what got me started. And I tested out my very first books, recipes on those classes, which just were insanely popular. Standing room only was amazing. Just really gave me a lot of confidence. But what's cool about this blog post is that the very first class I ever taught where that woman who was the woman who lost the weight is in there with me. She's talking. They intro me to the very first class. I have that video and it's really fun and really great. And, uh, it's just a couple minutes long, but it really shows people like this stuff works. And if you use these strategies, you could feel just like this woman did. And then they also get to feel connected to me. And like, I'm teaching a class. I don't teach public classes like that anymore. Now I teach classes to my worldwide audience online and my member community, but you know, that's how I got my start. And I think it really just humanizes it and makes it really fun and allows them to kind of like, uh, connect with me in a much deeper way in that blog post. Totally. And if you're sitting here listening right now, how can you do this in your business? Well, a couple different ways. One, like we've got a client where, where we wanted to amplify a blog post, a couple different blog posts. And so we're like, do you have any like uh, credibility type of content? Yeah, I've got a video of me speaking on stage last year at Shram, James Shramko's event. Perfect. So that was one of the blog posts that we amplified because when you do that, you're doing two or three different things psychologically with your audience at the same time. You're creating goodwill, you're providing value, you're building your authority, and you're giving that kind of credibility, social proof all in one when you have a video like that. If you don't have something like that, hey, that's okay. If I would have done like a five-minute talk at Chamber of Commerce, I would have that recorded and I would do that, right? Or I would create my own. There's different things you can do here, but how can you add another media where you're creating that instant kind of credibility? That's the big thing. And really selling. I mean, you're selling yourself by doing that. Like we, we've got, we push this strategy so much now. And, and for some of our clients that are sort of, I wouldn't even say old school, but you know, a year ago, I guess is old school is that you can't sell, you can't pitch in this because think of the audience on Facebook. Somebody who clicks on this blog post is like, oh, that's interesting to me. They're not on Facebook necessarily to buy. And the 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 consumer that's on Facebook, you know, especially, you know, the demographic, maybe especially for for, for Brie, you know, is oversold to just on, you know, just as a general rule in the female demographic. But I think you got to really be careful of how you write this thing because you can't pitch. You can't, you can't keep going and say, Hey, and then get your free trial and Hey, do this. Hey, do that. You know, but in this post, she talks about, you know, her story personalizes it, but then also shows some real, real solid proof that turns those consumers and those skeptics into believers. And bear in mind, guys, this is in a niche that Facebook doesn't really like all that much. I mean, we're talking about fitness and weight loss. Yeah, yeah. fitness and weight loss. So super important. Look at the image I made into the ad and like the issues I had with that. And they weren't even issues you would think. The ad for this particular blog post, it had to speak to people. It had to show them the results of what they would get for doing the type of food prep or making their own food that I'm selling. Basically, this is what I'm trying to teach people is stop buying all this processed packaged crap. Let me show you a really easy and simple way to put together food uh, that will give you this amazing result. So what I did is I took a picture of a bunch of food that I had prepped 
I did that as the background to the image. And then I overlaid a picture of myself just standing in workout clothes um, and like workout pants and a sports bra and um, holding a bowl of oatmeal, I think. And I, I, I think the image is really captivating because the abs look really good. And I know that my audience, that's like, that's kind of a symbol of a healthy body as we all know that like seeing the flat stomach is really like um, helpful. But I, Facebook has really interesting parameters around not wanting to idealize the body and not doing before and after shots. And so I'm really sensitive to that. I wanted to do an image that captivated my audience and that told them the story of the result they would get from doing what I'm telling them to do, but not be overtly whatever against Facebook's guidelines. So I did this image and did the overlay and made it this is really killer image. But what ended up getting the ad manually got reviewed after maybe it had been up for about a month. It got reviewed and, and disapproved by Facebook. It was actually the copy of the ad that I had written. By this point, I totally trusted myself. And Ralph and Keith were like, yep, write, write the copy the way that you would write it. And I was like, okay, I'm onto this. I'm on it. I can do it. And I did. I wrote killer copy for this ad. They were actually totally impressed, I think, because I used some cool strategies, but with the little parentheses at the end. And um, I got some cool ideas with that. And I was just having a blast with this particular ad. But the post was originally called what I told you, five-step food prep and recipe guide for a lean, sexy body. Well, it was the word sexy that ended up being the breaking mm. point for Facebook. So I was undaunted. They reviewed it. They took it down. And I was like, I'm going to try again. So I redid the ad exactly the same, except I took out the word sexy and replaced it with healthy. Um, I said lean, healthy body. And I changed the blog title itself to lean, healthy body. The, the URL stayed the same, but the title of the ad so that when you would click it, it would be congruent with what the title was that I put in my my post. I don't know if that was really a big deal or not, but I just wanted... Yeah, that's very Facebook important. Reviewed it. I just yeah. wanted to make sure it was consistent and that they didn't have any more red flags with it. And I knew that if that didn't work, then I needed to change the image. But um, I thought it was worth a try first with the word sexy because that can be a, oh, you know, a trigger. It's not really a good word to include them in the ad. So yeah, we don't really know what all the words are, but I mean, if it, if you keep it like, gee, I remember we, we were doing this and we were really kind of depressed that week. Cause I was like, damn, I wonder if it's going to work just as well. Cause now it got manual review and now it's taken down. and was doing so well. The question was, is, you know, how would you rewrite it? But just take out that one word, which we thought was probably the word because nothing else in there was offensive. What I like to do is I like to gauge the the ratio of shares to, to likes. So let's say you have 100 likes and you have 50 shares on a post, then that would be like two to one. And, and, and if you have two to one, that's really high. That's really good. So if you're driving traffic to like a squeeze page, you're probably going to get like 100 likes and five shares. Like it's really low. Typically it's like, you know, 20 to one or something like that. that. That would be the ratio if it was five out of a hundred. We need to start to get about where it's about half. You're talking about something doing really well. And I've seen some posts like this one right now is one of them I'm looking at. It's got 3,300 likes, 2,100 shares, right? So it's almost one to one. Now, Bree has a couple, some posts where it's the other way around. It's like one to two. <laughs> yeah, I get more, more shares than likes. It's insane. Like people are so excited about that post. They forget to actually even like it. They just share it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so important to Facebook because it's easy to like something, but if you share it and you know, you like, you like it enough, which is funny. Um, you enjoy the post enough to share it with your friends. That's very important. And I've noticed one of our campaigns, the images were really, really compelling to the audience and the shares were incredible and the relevant score stayed 
date at nine or 10. So I know that that's a, you know, really huge big factor. indicator for Facebook, a huge factor in yep. the relevance score. And that's why, you know, Brie, you probably with your images or anything in the fitness industry, it's very important for you to maintain that high relevance score. Every, I don't think I have, I think I have one ad maybe that doesn't, I mean, every single ad I have is 10 out of 10. Maybe there's like one or two that are going to a sales page that are eight, but like everything is insane. And that's why you're still advertising on Facebook and most people in the fitness niche just can't make it work because they aren't understanding that it's about how their audience is interacting with the ads. It's not as black and white as Facebook likes this and they don't like this. They do have their rules, but really all they want is for the ad to not be intrusive or annoying to the to the audience. So you're doing a great job in your market because guess what? People like it and they like it because you're branding yourself and and your copy is really speaking to them. It's not, hey, do you want to lose weight? Yes or no. You know, that's so impersonal. Yeah. And not um, not surprisingly, I mean, if you look at your data on that post itself, out of your five avatars that we picked, the food avatar has bought 50% of all the sales that are coming from that post. So it goes back to this whole linear thing. You know, whether it's Molly talking about, you know, her audience is going to be on blogging to send them to a, a post on blogging and a lead magnet on blogging. It's the same kind of thing here. I mean, it's like, think about it. Like, why do you need to complicate it? It's just so simple. I mean, in your case, it's many in digital marketers case, it's maybe seven or eight or nine or 10 different avatars of people, what they're interested in with Brie, it's sort of sub segments of interest of what that avatar kind of likes, but it's not surprising. And the data shows it. It's like food. People love a post about food and love, you know, products that are food around food and what they should eat. So it, it just totally makes sense that way. Yeah, this data has worked a lot for in my favor too in just creating new products because we also created, you know, the fitness audience and I've created a killer blog post for fitness and I'm actually building new fitness products now because I have a, I saw a lack of that in my sales process in general. People mm -hmm. want more of that kind of product. So I'm missing an opportunity there that I have complete capability to create. And so that's where my, it's helping me direct my efforts and energy as a business owner in a more meaningful way. This data has actually made a huge impact on everything in my business from my revenue to the way that I focus my energy. So I think it's incredibly important. And there's another tip on the ad copy that you're doing to help get that relevant score up and help get the you know comments, likes and shares, higher click-through rate. We, we like to recommend if you're driving traffic to a blog post, just put that in parentheses or brackets. Blog post is the first thing on this post. That way when people see it, because they see the word sponsored, right? So their antenna goes up immediately. Oh, it's an ad, right? They're trying to sell me. But then when you have the word blog post in parentheses, like, oh, okay, cool. They don't even notice the sponsored. Yeah. Make it look like killer. content. That's so important. However you go about it, definitely make it look like content. You'll see even in our ads, um, the ad copy that leads people to a piece of content, we actually write a lot more copy for that ad because it just screams content. We're not going, you know, right for for the, the opt-in or the sales. So whatever you can do. Click here to like this page. Absolutely. <laughs> and the image, you know, make sure that that the headline of your ad is guess what the headline of your of your blog post just like just like Bree told you uh so yeah don't make sure that the ad doesn't scream hey this is an ad and and we're going to ask you for something yeah totally and you don't have to be like 
John Carlton. Like you don't have to be like David Ogilvy or whoever it is that like are the greatest copywriters of all time. You just write in your voice. And I think that is really, really important is that you write the way that your audience wants to be talked to. And it's non-threatening with that blog post immediately that lowers their guard. They say, all right, this isn't something I'm going to be sold to. You take out that bracket that says blog post. All of a sudden, it looks like this could be something that is I'm going to have to give my name and email address to, which I'm not going to click on. So I'm not going to click. So that affects your quality score. And one of the things I think you know we're talking about this one blog post, too, is that this is one blog post. If you're, you're listening and you say, I can't write or I have to do this all the time. No, this is one post, one piece of epic content. And you could you could run a business basically off that one piece of content, provided the audience is large enough. And you know, eventually it'll run out of steam at some point. But you know, this is one piece of content, not like blogging every single day. It's not like you have to hire a team of writers. You can do it on your own. Can I just say too about a blog post and other piece that keeps people so engaged is their ability to comment on what's there. Like at the bottom of that post, they can comment and ask me questions and I'm a real person and I actually answer them. And I feel like DM does a great job of that too, because your blog, like people can ask questions and make comments and it makes it so much more interactive and engaging. They can already see the community aspects. So then when you do go to uh, to ask them to buy something, they trust you because they've already interacted with you. And if she's interacted you know, with me on this level um, on the blog, I can only imagine what kind of access I would get behind the paywall. So basically, you can see what we found is this, this piece of content is, is kicking butt. So how are we segueing people from the blog to your customers? Well, at the bottom of the post, I give them, I actually totally make this super easy. I mean, one thing is they're landing on a blog that's designed specifically for people to be able to find my programs. Uh, Because if they're on the blog, they're going to see all the stuff I have. It's like, it's all around them while they're reading that post. So that's one. And I'm very particular about my blog. I do not have a bunch of ads everywhere. All I have is my stuff. That's it. It's this contained little thing. Um, At the bottom of this post, I say, well, if you know, if you like this, I've actually got two options for you. Here's option one, going to give you like a blueprint. If this is new for you, this is going to be the way you want to go. You're going to get a real blueprint to understanding nutrition. Plus, I'll give you a great 30 day meal plan to follow. And if, if you're kind of a little more savvy at this, then let me give you this other meal plan, which is 30 days of great meal planning. And and five cookbooks so that you have lots of options. And like, that's a great option for you if you've already kind of mastered how to put the foods together. So I give them these great options. And, you know, I don't know that necessarily everyone is buying specifically from there. We, we did a really cool heat map to see what, what people are clicking on on that page. But what's interesting to me about that heat map wasn't that people were clicking on those two ads at the bottom as much as they were clicking straight to my programs link on the blog itself. And think about how somebody naturally navigates through a website too. I mean, I eventually bought a stand-up desk, but I went through like a bunch of like 10 or 12 different blog articles on it. I navigated and finally I found the one that I wanted, but I clicked probably 15 or 16 times before I came to like the answer. So if you set up your blog in such a way so that they can easily navigate and they can check you out. Yeah, that, that, 
initial blog post is going to be something that's going to be sort of the gateway into it. But the more information you can give them about, you know, what it is that you do. And we had the same issue with another client is that, you know, they were coming to a blog post, but they're immediately going up to features of the product and the features of the product page wasn't particularly strong. So they were bouncing. So we've since made some changes, but, you know, probably something that we can do a case study on in later episodes. But it's really important to sort of think like your customer. They are going to navigate through your site. They are going to check out, you know, who you are, what you sell. And how much more powerful is it to get people to a blog post where they have all those opportunities to do that? Like Keith, you always say people need multiple touch points before they want to buy something. And it's like, if you just sent them to a lead magnet where they had to go through all those hoops to like fill out their email, confirm their email address, then get this thing that they maybe don't even read. They're not even surrounded by your blog, by this world you've created for them to navigate through to actually get what they want to find. What we're actually going to do on the next episode, we're going to walk you through exactly how she's kind of analyzing this data. It's a really cool tool that she's using. We're also going to walk you through how she's using video in this funnel and video retargeting to increase the conversions, okay? Bring those warmed up people back. And we're going to walk you through exactly what she's implementing to start running over the next few days and the next couple of weeks. So in the next episode, make sure you get on so you can really see exactly how how she's doing this and how she's able to to, to really scale up and how she's going to be able to scale up even more in the future, which we're super excited about because we think we can take those 2,000 fans a week and double or triple that with even better ROI. So Bree, once again, thanks a lot for coming on today. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. We love having you on. We could talk about this for freaking three hours at a time. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, yeah. So how can people find you if they want to if you want to find you online, Bree? Well, of course, you can find my main uh, Betty Rocker blog, thebettyrocker.com, because if you're looking for help with um, health, fitness, nutrition, any of those those things, you can kick in the ass from me. Um, Love to see you there. And I'm also also have, um, you know, a business course where I actually take people through a lot of how to do what I did with Instagram, how to build a platform online and do all that kind of stuff. and that's actually been coming together and it's amazing. You can just go to bettyrockyourbusiness.com and check that out. So that's where very you can cool, find me. Very cool. So go check that out. Make sure you, you check her out and make sure you listen to the, uh, the next episode coming up. So once again, uh, we'll talk to you all soon and have a great day. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Now, if you'd like to get all the resources that we mentioned in this show, just go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash episode zero five. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash episode zero five.